Go Late Selects. Brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Can I ask you a question? Shoot. Is that box of golf balls still outside in the office? <laughs> the box I was sent? The mystery box of like 40 something. Somebody sent Aiden a box of used golf balls. To so you know the, the box like that your printer paper would come in? Yeah. It's that size. It is filled with golf balls from loads of different golf clubs. Pre-owned so they're, they're old, golf balls. Old, old balls. No note, but my name and the address of the building we're in. And that arrived the week of our first episode. Yeah, it's still here, by the way, because I'm thinking there's something inside those balls. Ooh, do you want them? It's not the first time you thought that. <laughs> Let's do it! And you're very welcome to Go Loud Selects, a Go Loud original brought to you by Sky. Well done. Don't look so You need to get all of that out. Go Nearly. Loud Selects, remember, is a Go, go Loud original, original and it's a Go Loud production. That's not bad. Six weeks now. You still haven't done it. Yeah, well. We've Anywho. Got, we've got plenty of time. So we're going to kick off this week with a recommendation for a show that is available exclusively on Sky Atlantic and is streaming now. It is called The Time Traveller's Wife. It's a new six-part series from Stephen Moffat, who is the man behind Sherlock and Doctor Who. You want to know what it's about? I've worked with him recently. Oh, you can okay. Who haven't you worked with? <laughs> save your save your Moffat story for just a minute. Yes, so it's sir. a love story about a fella called Henry, who is a man with a genetic disorder that causes him to travel unpredictably. Yeah, so he jumps what a, time. He what jumps a time, but he doesn't know when, he's, how, and he's and no where. control it just over. Happens, gone. And nor does his. Uh, his, his, wife. his wife Claire yeah. she's an artist and she has to cope with his just frequent but she's absences. aware of the condition which yeah, is yeah. mad because I've seen little bits of this where he'll jump back to when he was 15 or 14 so he's in school and he meets her and she kind of, he, she kind of says who are you yeah, and he yeah. says I'm your future I know everything about you now this was a movie I think and I think there might have been a book but it was definitely a movie uh, and this is now this is six parts eight part series Six episodes, that's right, yeah. Okay. And it's coming from Stephen Moffat, so, you know, that brings a certain cachet to it. Absolutely. I want to talk about time travelling in a moment, but seeing as you mentioned, you know, I'm working with Stephen Moffat. <laughs> what were you doing for him? <laughs> what did you do I, for Stephen? Did I say it like that? You did. I did, I did no, you la- did, but that's how did it sounds. But that's how it sounds. <laughs> I met him last year because I did, uh, I did a small part on a new drama for Netflix and BBC One called Inside Man, which he's written which stars Stanley Tucci and David Tennant. And uh, incredible story, incredible scripts for one hours. And I had a very little, uh, a very very small part. And but, I got, but I got part. to work with Stanley Tucci, which was incredible. But I met Stephen. And he's on one of your kind of contemporary uh, he's, heroes, isn't he's he? He's the man, yeah. like for our generation. What a range of parts he's done over his life. And the cookbook stuff, all the, the travel series he's done, cooking series he's done recently. The Did you time. tell him you had a, cu- a cookbook? I sent him a copy of my cookbook when it? we finished on the film and all Simply Simon. Anyways. I did, yeah. Good on you. Didn't hear anything back from him, though. I'm sure he's busy making your yeah. spaghetti. But uh, Moffat was um, a very nice man. Yeah. Prolific. Has that come out yet? No, it's not out at the end of the year. Okay. You'll hear more about that. Look forward to seeing uh, that. But The Time Traveller's Wife's on Sky, six episodes. Jump in, gang. Because if it's not like the movie, it's going to be very good. The yeah. movie was great. And obviously with, with having uh, six six episodes... 
they can really get into it a lot more than you can in a movie and maybe introduce more characters and exactly. all that kind of stuff. So that's out now and I think that that's one to watch. So let's talk about time travelling. Yeah. It was been a dream of mine all my life. Don't think it's going to happen. But hey, you get to do it in you the movies know. and you get to do it in the TV show. So, John, welcome. How are you? Good, good. The obvious one, of course, is Back to the Future uh, 1. Uh, that's the... Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Back to the Future 3. Actually, they should make another one of that. Or should they? That's the standard bearer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great trilogy. time travel. It makes sense. People are always like, oh, what if they did this, did that, that would change. No, it actually, they worked it out nicely in that film. Yeah, they did. All the way through. Uh, yeah, I love that film. I think another good example, Terminator 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fair bit of time travelling going on in that. Yes, let's then... go back to Back to the Future for a second. Okay, go on. Let's, let's Which was your favourite out of the three? Which is the one that you'd watch on repeat? The second one. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. would think so too. Yeah. It just it feels as a, because they jump forwards. And backwards in two, don't they? If I remember correctly. Yeah, and you have Marty kind of half running into himself. He's yes. Like, you know, and there's, yeah. there's obviously a, a kind of a Trumpian vision. But you're seeing mm. scenes from the first one from a different angle. Yeah. Which is very clever. Yeah, when he goes back to the dance. And, yeah, yeah. And he from he one stage is watching himself. There. Yeah. Uh, I thought three was a step too far. Yeah, Western quite, vibe. Quite enjoyable It's though. still good. Yeah, very good movie. Yeah. But the ZZ Top shite and all that, that was a big kick, wasn't it? Yeah, and well, they're all Irish, aren't they? All his, his, his relatives are, that he goes back That's and meets right, from the, yeah, the yeah. gold rush and all yeah. that. They're all, they're all paddies. So why wouldn't they be? Yeah. It's a bit of crack, but the first two are touchstones of the 80s. They're amazing. Now, the Terminator. Terminator 1 is like, essentially a horror film, elements of time travel. Second one comes along, James Cameron's like, there has to be loads of time traveling stuff going on here. Yeah. So we have a vision of like, Robot apocalypse, standing on all those human yeah. skulls. And uh, we have, obviously, John Connor. He's going to save humanity. How are you going to do it? Visions of a nuclear holocaust as well, when she's, you know, uh, Linda Hamilton's in the mental hospital. Mm. But I love how they did it in that film. But obviously, it's an action film, first and foremost. Time travel is kind of incidental. But when they do do it, it it's, it's so slick. Can I give you another example of great time travel? But it's a TV series. Let me guess. Quantum Leap. Yeah. That was that was, absolutely adorable. That was phenomenal television. Like, that was groundbreaking for back in the day. Wasn't it, it was, and they would happen upon all all the major events in history. Yeah, bizarre. He only died last year, Dean Stockwell, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, can't be yeah. good. So, what was the fellow who played the lead's name? It's on the tip of John's tongue, but Ado's going to Scott Bakula. Well Ooh. done. Do you know what you get for that? A segment of Cherry's Chocolate Orange. But I got it right. Why are you punishing me? <laughs> you like chocolate orange. It's, it's my wife. Uh, Scott loves oh, Bacula. Played Sam Beckett. Sam That's Beckett. Right, yeah. And he passed away. Uh, he's not dead. No, Dean, Dean Stockwell, Stockwell died. <laughs> he was like a hippie ladies' man. So yeah, he was like his cigar guide. smoking, yeah, cool dude. Yeah, he was his guide in the spirit world. Mm. Uh, any other good or bad examples of time travel in well, movies? Well, just as you television? mentioned um, the Terminator movies there, Arnold Schwarzenegger's been in quite a few time traveling movies. Has he? Yeah. It's stuff set in the future, like Total Recall. Total Recall is, Total Recall. is yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Total Recall is a brilliant film. The original, really, yeah, the original. Wasn't Colin Farrell in the reboot? Yeah, I didn't see it. Yet, no. apparently. Yeah, it was he, it's not time travel, but it kind of set in the future as well. Running Man, Running Man, that's yeah. the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good laugh. Uh, but yeah, the way the future looks, I think I was saying to you before the podcast started. Some films yeah. they go for a dystopia, they go for a kind of you know, nature is taking revenge and we're all underwater. Uh, yeah, when they get it right, it's really enjoyable. You know, but how do you know they get it right? See, that's the thing because you don't know what the future looks like, John. But some of those films back in the day, you look at Blade Runner, right? That was set kind of not too far it's, from that where was we around twenty twenty something. Yeah, wasn't not it? too far from yeah. there. I mean, they're all in leather trench coats and it's raining and there's neon lights everywhere. That is Tokyo. 
at night in winter. Okay. Pretty yeah, much yeah, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the onslaught of advertisements, like there's lots of stuff in it that does ring true. But yeah. then you've other stuff like Waterworld. I don't know if that's going to happen. No. You know, that, it's, well, it's mind silly. you, given climate change, we could be living subterranean lives in a matter of decades, <laughs> couldn't we? <laughs> Within the next 10. You know what I mean? We could be, though. 10 years, that is. Yeah. I can't swim. What am I going to do, John? Get a few floats or something. Okay, not all um, time-traveling movies are action or sci-fi. Right. Austin Powers. Ah, The, now, the spy who good. shagged me, he's time-traveling. Is he? Uh, the Hot Tub Time Machine. Yes. Another comedy. Really actually, good, yeah. really good. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well done. Thank well you. done. Excellent. There's a whole genre there. Like you, There is. Hasn't been done much on TV, but Quantum Leap was the, was the best one. But now, The Time Traveller's Wife. Maybe yeah, could you throw Doctor Who into that? Ah, well, of course, you'd have to. You'd yeah. have to, yeah. TV genre. And that's another Stephen Moffat uh, reference. You, you, People think we don't plan this show, but you've got this all worked out, haven't you, Aiden? I've got one Aiden, last, over here. I've got one last one for you. Go on. Which is, is a time-travelling movie, albeit only with it for uh, within a period of 24 hours. Groundhog Day. Well done, kid. That is the best time-travelling movie, movie of all time. End of story. What a movie. Love it. Well, you what? just ended that segment. End of story. Conversation it over. It is the best. Game over. I'm getting in my time machine. What Good luck. What a movie. Love it. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. And it's also a musical. It's now on Broadway. Jesus wept. Has everything turned into a musical these no, days? no. Not everything, Aiden. Okay, good. Uh, most things are. Uh, yeah, Groundhog Day is now on stage in the States. Apparently it's phenomenal. If it's anywhere anywhere near the movie. Do you know what I saw on stage in Broadway was a musical of one of my favourite movies, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, the musical, wow. Remember okay. that? Love that film. Great, great movie. Kind of a hidden kind of gem. Michael Caine, Steve Martin. Uh, what a caper story about con men set in the south of France. And that well, I saw that on stage on Broadway with Jonathan Price playing the Michael Caine part. It was phenomenal. What a movie. We're the weaker sex. Men don't live as long as women. We get more heart attacks, more strokes, more prostate trouble. I say it's time for a change. I say let them give us money. Let's live off them for a while. That probably shocks a guy like you, right? Well, it's rather a revolutionary thought. That's the end of our time traveling segment. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Christ! Right then, uh, so let's get into Records. our own our own recommendations. Why, certainly, Stanley. Right, my first recommendation this week is a political thriller, which you can see on Netflix. Yeah. It is called Roadkill, and it stars the brilliant Hugh Laurie. Okay, who plays this? Um, quite high up politician he's, he's a member of the British cabinet he's a minister and he is very charming and he's had a good good run of success before being a politician as, as a businessman but he seems to be a little bit shady and there's uh, shit that's gone on in his past that is starting to come back to haunt him so he's he's the main star of it Helen McCrory's in it she's playing the British Prime yeah, Minister okay. she's got this awfully wonderful kind of posh accent and she's tough tough as nails excellent and then Sarah Green our, our Sarah, Sarah Green, Green 
she's in it as a journalist and she's she's on the hunt uh, of a story related to Hugh Laurie's character which could ultimately I think bring him down I've only watched the first episode but there's enough going on in the first episode of intrigue very House of Cards political esque. scandal uh, Hugh Laurie is eminently watchable in anything isn't he he really is and you know Brilliant he's actor. a really charismatic character in this but you can tell he's a bastard oh right okay as well and you know, if I was a betting man, I think all his skeletons are going to come out of the closet. But he also has enough charm that you like him and you kind of want him to be one step ahead. But there, there's certain different people uh, And where out, is out that available to watch? I'm watching that on, on Netflix. I'm not sure. It, it was made in 2020 because obviously, sadly, Helen McCrory is, is no, no yeah. longer with us. So this would have been one of her final Absolutely. shows along yeah. with Peaky Blinders. She was a phenomenal That she would have made. My God. It's the kind of show you could have seen on Channel 4 or BBC. Yeah. It may well have been made for one of those broadcasters, but it's ended up on Netflix I'm only one episode in early days but I'm going to stick with it she had an incredible body of work and she really particularly in the last few years like with Peaky Blinders and I'm a Roadkill I mean she was a phenomenal actor married to Damien Lewis of yeah, course yeah. who as a result of, of Helen's illness and her passing had to pull out of billions and uh, it, it's an incredible loss I mean because she was going from strength to strength I mean, and the parts that she was getting the characters she was playing we're just getting better and better and better. So that's called Roadkill. Called Roadkill. I, I've yet to discover why it's called Roadkill. <clears throat> I'm sure all would become I clear. I haven't seen a dead skunk in it just yet. When you get to episodes two, three and four and beyond. Yeah, yeah. And I do, do you like political thrillers? Political I love them. As I mentioned, around? yeah, as I mentioned, House of the Cards. Corridors of Power. Yeah, House of Cards, I think, is the... Uh, is the benchmark for me in terms of political dramas. And one of the best political, there's two great political shows as well. The Thick of It was mm-hmm. amazing with um, Capaldi, uh, Peter Capaldi. Yeah. It played Malcolm, Malcolm Tucker, who was the butcher of Downing Street. Amazing comedy. And then the American version of that, then Veep, also produced by Armando Iannucci, was just phenomenal. But I love that political stuff. Mm. Even going back as far as Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. Brilliant writing. Very clever writing and two great central performances in that show as well from Nigel Hawthorne um, and Paul, what was his name, played the minister? Paul Eddington. There you go, see? Two just, of you are looking at me like I've just asked you. To. No, no, I just, you, you put another one into my head there oh, now on, yeah, um, yeah, with Gabriel yeah, yeah. Byrne's Secret State. No. And he plays the British Prime Minister. That's a really good Gabriel show. Gabriel Byrne does. Gabriel Byrne does, yeah. Does he have the same accent in it that he has in everything else? He's like, I am not Kaiser Sose. <laughs> yeah, he rocks up to Buckingham Palace to see the Queen. Hello. How are you, Liz? <laughs> Liz. <laughs> you fan of political thrillers, John? I am. I mean, probably not uh, quite as edgy, but it's more of a soft watch. But West Wing has obviously lots of elements oh, of that. Oh, you know? yes, Johnny. The behind yes. the scenes stuff, you know, all the, you know, how are we yeah, going to do yeah. this and how are we going to satisfy this side and that side? Yeah. It's. The brokering, the deals, oh. the backstabbing, the lying, yeah. the bullshit. It's great. It. It's like show business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only without the money. Um, yeah, it's, West Wing is a great show. It's a very good show. Uh, I'm sure it's one we'll definitely come back to another day. It deserves a kind of a broader it does, airing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it does it does very well. It gives you a bit of insight into the, the go-go behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Non-stop life that is, you know. US politics. And I love that then you have a flip-take version of it, then you have the piss-take versions of them like Veep and, and the Thick of It, yeah. which are brilliant. Uh, do you want a recommendation from my good self? I would love one. If you said no, there's no point in really being here. That's why I said go on then. I'm going to go down the documentary uh, road okay. uh, and the good people at HBO Max, which means we get to see it on Sky over here, uh, which is a series that I watched over the last couple of weeks called The Lady and the Dale. 
not heard a peep about that. Well, there you are now. I'm here to enlighten you. So The Lady and the Dale is a four-part documentary series on Sky Documentaries, and it tells the story about this incredible uh, woman. It's, it's in the 1970s, and it centres around a woman who created a car company. Liz Carmichael was her name. Okay, Liz Carmichael. There you go. Is that what she did to cars. She created. <laughs> yeah, made sense. <laughs> she created a, a car company and had a particular car called the Dale, which was a three-wheel car which claimed it could do 70 miles per gallon, which in the middle of the 70s in America, which is in the midst of a fuel crisis, seemed like the sharpest idea. It's like the town. little, uh, was it the Robin Reliant? It's like the Trabant. The tra- Dell boys. No, uh, Trabant Del- is a um, four-wheel oh, car. Oh, that's you too. It- yeah. No, the three-wheel. Yeah, the Robin yeah. Reliant. The yeah, little Del- thing. Boys, it's Robin yeah. Reliant, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. this thing, this car was called the Dale. Now, the documentary is about this woman, Liz Carmichael. As I said, this is set in the 70s. But Liz Michael, previously, Carmichael. <laughs> Liz Carmichael was previously a man. Oh. So she, he transitioned to a woman in the 70s in America and didn't do it God. quietly. Like she was, like when you watch this documentary, so the story is about the car company that she set up because it's a story that involves uh, the mafia. It's a story that involves the police, court cases, murders. It's a real true crime series. Like, was this car all that it was made out to be? Was she going, she set out to disrupt the big three, you know, for General Motors, etc. She wanted to blow Detroit off the face of the map in terms of cars. The Dale and her corporation, her motor corporation, were going to revolutionise the car industry in its entirety. Sounds fascinating. So she was front and centre. She was being interviewed all the time on television. But this documentary tells a story about her, uh, and her previous life, and it interviews her children, who had to go from calling her dad to aunt overnight, literally overnight. Basically, when he was a man in the 50s and 60s, he, he was a bit of a con man, had a bit of a shady life, lived a couple of double lives, uh, travelled all over the country, uh, conning people out of money, doing dodgy deals. Eventually fell in love with this woman, got married, had kids, and that life continued. They still travelled all around the country. They never stayed in one house more than three months because the police were looking for them. So they were used to this life. And then all of a sudden, he came home one day and he said, I'm going to be a woman. And from now on, you're to call me aunt instead of dad. It's an incredible story. They use, again, I know you don't like the talking heads, lots of talking heads with the kids and the family and friends of the family. And then they interview former employees of the car company because the story of the car itself and the dodgy deals, the testing of the car, it's just <laughs> incredible, this story. But the guy who, who made it, uh, and I'll dig out his name here, Zachary Drucker uh, and Nick Camilleri, they put the, the show together. And he said that they quickly realised the story wasn't about the crimes, even though there's mafia ties, murders, all that. The story became a human story about a, a, someone who was transitioning mm. in the 1970s in so America, is, the Midwest of America. Can you imagine? No. And this bloke, this bloke didn't have surgery and all that. He basically had a wig and a dress on. 
Like when you look at the interviews of this, of Liz Carmichael, you're going, did nobody ask the question? Right. Okay. Because he's talking like that, you know, I'm going to, you're thinking, wow. But it shows his and her journey then where she did start to change herself. You know, because she was dealing with so much as well as having the mafia after the FBI. And do you think some of her motivations for transitioning in that sense were to get away from that past life as opposed to any sort of identity? That's what the kids are asked. You know, her daughter's interviewed heavily in the show and, 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 and she's asked that. Well, he was always on the run. He was always trying to hide. He had other identities. He had different passports. Was it just, was he just doing it for that reason? But of course he wasn't. He he had believed, and the great thing with this documentary is that you hear you hear Liz's voice right through the documentary. She's narrating it again. She recorded her own diaries on, on cassette, so you're hearing her tell her story. And it, she does say, I, "I from a very early age, you know, I felt I didn't belong in this body." Ah, okay, right. It's an incredible story. It's called The Lady and the Dale Sky Documentaries, four parts, four one hours. It's fantastic. Isn't it great when you're given a show like that and you know? Absolutely zero. And that's what I've never heard. Go, oh, I've heard a lot about this. I want to find out more. It's like, I've never heard. I saw an advert on Sky, The Lady in the Day, and I thought, what's this? And I saw the photographs of her, and I thought, what's this about? And 20 minutes in, I was in because it's a story about a con man and a guy on the run, and he's he's conning people out of their life savings and all that. And then it just turns into something completely different. Mm. And it's all on camera. Mm. All the stuff in the 70s and 80s, when she's launching, she's at these car shows with the car. With the Dale and claiming that it was going the big claim she had about the car was that it was going to do 70 miles to the gallon and America was knee deep in a fuel crisis so this they they were saying that if she got this right and it did what it said it could do she was going to be a billionaire but does it go right right okay that's that's the question it's incredible I'm going to watch that that sounds really good it's brilliant get on it can I tell you about five women who have had major influences on the car industry Please do. Margaret Cox, inventor of the car heater. Thank you, Margaret, for keeping us warm on those cold days. Hedy Lamarr, who is an Austrian-American actress. Hedy Lamarr. Hedy Lamarr. One of the funniest actors, in act- or one of the best actors, I should say, in the world. Hedy Lamarr. She invented wow. GPS. What? GPS for the car. That can't be the same person. It is. It is. She was apparently a super brain. She You've heard of her? Hedy Lamarr. Yeah, she was like a... Who was in all the Mel Brooks movies and that. Physics genius. I might think of somebody else. No, she's... 40s, 50s. 40s, 50s, right. She was inspired to create the technology, I'm reading this obviously, to help the Allies after German U-boats, there you go, um, began attacking civilian ships during World War II. She learned that radio-controlled torpedoes and American technology in naval warfare could easily be jammed and set off course by the enemy. Interestingly enough... So how did America turn up in Das Boot? She could, as a as, as a character. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Give us some more dazzling information like that. Das Booty, as I like to call it. Which would be like a good German pawn shop show or about a bum. Um, Florence, Florence Lawrence. Florence Lawrence. <laughs> Florence Lawrence. She invented you? turn signals and brake lights. Well done, Florence. Okay, there you go. Yeah. She Lola. was also a motion Lola. picture star. Was she an actor yeah. as well? Bertha, Bertha Benz, obviously of the, the Mercedes-Benz family. Ah. She invented brake pads. Up until then, we had no brakes. and We literally would have been lost without Heidi Lamar. Well, we would have been absolutely uh, <laughs> snookered without Mary Anderson, who what in 1903 meant. invented wipers, windshield wipers. Wow. Okay. 
Yeah. She got the uh-huh. idea for the windshield cleaning device, a hand-operated lever. It was ha- yet operated by your hand inside a vehicle designed to clear snow, rain, sleet off the windshield for better visibility while riding in a streetcar in New York during a sleet storm. She patented it in 1903. It didn't catch on. They went, no, we don't need those. And uh, unfortunately, the her patent expired in 1920 and she never made a penny for her invention. Well, might I say on behalf of all the motorists since 1903, <laughs> ladies, those five ladies, those motoring Spice Girls, Thank you. Much love, Hedy. Lady in the Dale, it is, according to one of the best critics in the business, it is the true crime story that changed trans history. Get on it, lads. Brilliant. So it's on Sky Atlantic. Uh, it's, 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 been t- it's been said that this is one of the best docuseries that HBO Max has ever made. And we get to see it now, thanks to Sky Atlantic. Well, John, follow beat, that, Johnny. Beat that. I don't know if I can follow that, but I'll definitely recommend one that has left a huge impression on me. It was ultra-violent. Oh. I really got into the characters. Oh. There was a bit of time travel element in it as oh. well. A bit of flashbacking going on. That's Yellow Jackets. Ah. Showtime. One series, 10 eps. Uh, I think it was all kind of done dusted by February this year. You can get it on your Sky Atlantic. Um... It has like Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis, some other people you recognise from the kind of mid-90s playing adult versions of their kind of uh, high school selves. When I saw the trailer for this and read about it, I didn't watch it because I think it might be one of those shows that would stop me sleeping at night. There's some horrific scenes of violence in it. Tell us about the show. I'm not sure. See, I thought it was about the French protests. No, no, no. Uh, The Jean Gelet? No. I thought the same when someone mentioned it to me as well. (laughs) Well, when you hear the premise of this show, so So this is pure horror. It's... It's basically because they're like they're wasps. It's the you know it's the kind of color of their kit. It's how they look. So the yellow jackets is the is the name of the football team in this uh, New Jersey high school. Okay, they get really successful. End up going to the nationals. On their way there, they crash land. Nine ninety five, I think it was summer ninety five in Ontario, deep thick in the forest. Like that's that, that's like thousands of hectares. Now, you, is this yeah. fiction or is this? Yeah, true? you're making this sound like it's true, is it? This is not true, but. It harks back to Alive. Remember that film, Alive? Yeah, was, was yeah, yeah. Uh, So we have like the characters, It's and it's a strange one because you see them in modern day, you think, how the hell did they get out of this? And then it keeps going back. And over time, it kind of it kind of drip feeds who got back alive and who didn't. And they're just coping with trauma. It's all about trauma, really. And it shows them arriving, obviously, in this horrible situation in the mid-90s in this, in this yeah. forest. Um, and they're like very much a team and they work together. And it's people like die, obviously, on impact. And... They're, they're trying to figure out what to do and then it becomes clannish and kind of hallucinatory and oh, they're starving Christ. and the quiet ones start taking over and it's oh, Jesus. it's cannibalistic into it's, it's cannibalistic violence. and it, it's not like cannibalistic in the sense of that you know they had no choice to run their life like they didn't <clears throat> they kind of were getting to that point but it was also there was power plays going on over the place it so was, it's like Lord of the Flies with exactly with girls yeah and you have the you know it cuts to the scenes obviously before they go when they're in there you know kind of McMansions in the outskirts of New Jersey and they're living their high school lives and there's all these like bitchy little cliques and this obviously gets magnified when they're in you know in the shit when they're yeah, in, the, yeah. in, in the wilderness and then it shows them in modern times where it's all kind of coming out because obviously in the interim someone got back and they were kind of celebrated as heroes for surviving this and obviously some of them didn't come back and this newspaper reporters <laughs> always ask them what happened to those other girls what happened to this girl or that girl uh... and they would never talk about it so we just keep getting flashbacks of what was actually going on so it's like Mean Girls meets <clears throat> Lost Boys or something so like that. It's worse, worse. It, it, it's just one series right it's, 10 eps 
it's it's one series so far. There's another series on the way. It ends on such oh, really? a cliffhanger. You're like, oh my god! It's it's brilliant. It says it's it's visceral in its violence, but the characters are really well drawn. Um, I said and I, really well asked. <laughs> Drawn, hung, quartered, and lovely with salt. Christina Ricci is particularly good. She's this the role she was born to play. It shows her nowadays. She's like working in a nursing home. Pretty sure she's killing half the people she's supposed to be caring for. She's a dark, dark individual. Jesus. But in the in the mid nineties, she was this marginalized, bullied. She's viewed as an idiot. Mm. But when they get to the the wilderness, she has all the answers for all everything. Right. So she she starts the rising to the place. top. Oh, it's it's. Yellow Jackets, where will we get that, John? You get that on Sky Atlantic. It's at right. 10 eps. They're not too taxing. You're looking at under 40 minutes an episode. They pack a lot in, an ensemble cast, and uh, everybody does their best work. And it's, I said it's teed up beautifully for another season. Would it, does it make you think, oh God, if I was in a plane crash, would I turn into that? I would. I think they did well to last like, that long uh, in a kind of a civil society that kind of recreated there. I would be literally flinging my own feces and trying to kill whoever I'm with within a week whereas they kind of over the course of months you know? go downhill you know it's the win- when the winter comes that's when it gets real you know I'm scared yeah I am yeah and I'm 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 unashamedly admit I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to oh, horror totally. yeah, no, I, don't I don't mind do. like a psychological drama and things like that but horror and like yeah. just violence and blood and guts and yeah and it has the psychological drama life. kind of edge to it as in modern day when they're all in their own heads yeah, yeah. but then yeah when you when it cuts back to you know what's going on actually in, in the wow. forest so it, like the flashbacks it's quite horrific thank quite you violent. for that That's slightly disturbing recommendation no I'm sure there's plenty of people listening going oh, oh absolutely kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah the truth is the plane crashed a bunch of my friends died and then the rest of us starved and scavenged and prayed until they finally found us I think we both know there's more to it than that Right, that's scared the bejesus out of me. John, thank you nonetheless. Now, it's that time in the show when we bring someone into the building who actually knows what they're talking about. <laughs> that laugh of derisement. Derisement, is that a name? Yeah, that's a word, yeah. Uh, that derisory laugh came from the man I was talking about and introducing so well. Uh, Brian Lloyd from Entertainment Only. How are you? How you doing? I really like that. Will you do that every week to herald your arrival? <laughs> no, but when he made it that kind of like, you know, he knew what Well, you do know about. what you're talking about. I know, it's just, it's, it's, it's been self-deprecating. Well, of course I know what I'm talking you're about. You're paid so. to know what you're talking about. Uh, and your job title says you know what you're talking about. Yeah. This is a really exciting week, Brian. Yes. Well, it is for you and, and millions, the other 16-year-olds here of beside other you. people who now appreciate what's I'm being happening. facetious. We had a zero segment in a 20-segment show last uh, recommendations yeah. last week. You've two for us this week. Where are you starting? Let's start. Okay, well, I know you're excited. Mm-hmm. Aiden. Buzzing. Contain it. Control Contain yourself. it. Let's start with uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. That's not what I'm excited for. No. <laughs> Chip and Dale's. No, 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 like no. the strippers? Not the strippers. Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale. The story about a shopping centre in Kilbarrick. Chip and Dale. Nice. This is, this is, it's just, or is it full like of the a, zingers? Full of the zingers, like a buddy buddy cop movie. Chip. That's exactly. That's exactly hey. it. Except oh, they're chipmunks. That's ah. the thing. Oh, is it? So like, you were kind of on the right track. So we were Alvin talking. and the Chipmunks. No, it's not Alvin and the Chipmunks. Basically, in the nineties, there was this animated series called Chip and Dale Rescue yeah. Rangers. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, 
um, they were based one of them was based on Indiana Jones in the Zinni had the hat and the that's jacket. right yeah, and the little yeah, satchel yeah. correct yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the other that. lad had the um, Magnum P.I. he had the, um, the what do you call it the, the Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt, shirt. Yeah. Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the kids got into lots of adventures and they had this great theme tune or whatever and it was really really fun um, so this uh, one this film that's coming out on Disney Plus is basically what they call like a hybrid live action film which basically means oh, it's right. it's kind of like you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit is in yeah, yeah. they're Humans in the real, animation correct Amundo yeah and not only that as well but part of the is hand drawn animation and then another part of it Wowzers. is three D animation okay. so there's a lot going on with it um, Andy Samberg and John Mulaney are the voices of Chip ah, and ah very good I like okay. Andy Samberg a and lot. who's the live action star Who, who's the star star in it. There's, I mean, there's loads of different cameos. That's okay. the thing, is he? So it wouldn't be anybody. It's not The Rock or something. No, 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 no. It's not that big at all. In fact, it's, the fact that it's going straight to Disney Plus kind of tells you where this is going. Oh, because no. generally okay. speaking, Disney generally tend to, if a film isn't going to do well, they'll just put it straight to Disney Plus rather that than always amazes me is with this, this, this idea of they know it's not going to do well. And the idea said, so well, how do they know it's not going to do well? Testing. Uh, they've seen it. Yeah, testing. Can you talk about testing and, and what that is in the States? Because I, I've listened to podcasts over the years with actors, and they talk about this testing, and they, some of them go to the testing screenings, and mm. some stay away. What is it, Brian? What, what So happens? testing, basically what it is, is that studios will literally rope in 50 or 100 people, bring them into a cinema. They'll give them a scorecard. Literally like a five, one out of five, two out of five, three out of five, four out of five. And then they'll get, they'll show parts of the film and then they'll basically get them to rate it. It's as simple as that. And then at the end of it, they'll get them to take notes. And they do it in huge detail though, because they, they might say like, they want you to score a character. Yeah. Mm. Do you like him? Yeah. Do you like her? Do you like their chemistry? Do you like this scene? Do you not like I that know. scene? What would you suggest should happen else? Like Jeez. they go and into then as a result, they'll they'll edit the movie accordingly. They could re-edit, or they could re-cut it, yeah. yeah, or oh, cut like, characters. Correct. And yeah, right. the thing of it is, is that like, I mean, you know, they, they say like you shouldn't make a film by committee. Well, this is they say you shouldn't make a film by yeah, testing because yeah, yeah. the reality of it is is that most people really don't know what don't know what they want until they see it. Yeah. What do else? You know if you ask a hundred people, do they like something? You're going to get a hundred different answers. Exactly, and this is the same with critics as well. As in, like, I could I could sit here and 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 tell you Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is the best film ever made. It's yeah. not now, but I mean, yeah. I could tell you that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, people a yeah. hundred people can go out and they could say, oh, it's crap, or it's good, or it's okay. Mm. You might get one person that might feel the same as I do. Right. So it, it's really just up to people's own opinions. Well, so I I heard once, oh, that oh. when they were shooting Titanic, they did a screening. Oh, this really? True story from what I heard. Mm-hmm. And the audience loved it, felt it was a bit long, but the main take take back feedback from it was that they loved it, but they didn't want the ship to sink at the end. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Also, I remember another testing story. Do you remember Nigel Hawthorne was nominated for an Oscar for The Madness of King George? Yeah. Good film. They, were going, they, they had serious thoughts. That movie originally was called George III, mm. but they changed the title. Because they thought that would confuse American audience because they'd be right. going, where's T- George the first and George the second? Oh, or, or they thought he was a tur- like a T-U-R-D. No, no, no. They, no, they no, thought there's a third part of a trilogy. We haven't seen George 1 or George 2. I was this like a George friend 3. of mine who, yeah. I, who I won't name and Jesus. someone said he's going to see Ratatouille and he says, I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> hey, magic. That's, that's so, not a joke. So, that's a true story. So having seen Chip and Dale, the movie, mm-hmm. were the audience right in terms of let's send it straight to... Disney, I think or? to a certain amount, yeah, because I think it's the kind of film that, like, 
you know, Chippendale Rescue Rangers was out in the 90s. I remember being a kid and watching it. Mm. So it would be the kind of film that you could easily sit your kid next to and watch it and be like, oh, I used to watch this when I was a young lad. Let's see if you enjoy it as much as Sounds I Sounds like a TV movie. It's, it's, it's exactly. one of those that you'll come across and go, let's watch this, lad. Correct. Okay, let's Correct. break out the Terry's Chocolate right. Orange. Uh, we have one open here in front of us. I'll just do the sound effect. We're going to have one of these every week. Yes. And we're going to eat all 20 slices yes. every week. Okay, then. And in series two, we're going to do a rating scale on the amount of tyres on a Mercedes. Ooh. We bring them into the studio. <laughs> the Terry's chocolate. I give this is four tires out of five. Well done. <laughs> There's your orange. How many segments does Chippendale get? I would say. Hmm. Now, bearing in mind, ladies and gentlemen, it's a zero to twenty scale because we discovered last week there are twenty segments in a chocolate orange. Carry on. I'm trying to see. This is. It. I'm trying to do the maths in the yeah, head because yeah, there's yeah. so many. I'm going to say. I'm going to say ten out of twenty. Ooh. Okay. It's okay. No, that's fifty percent. It's 10, ten segments better than Downton Abbey. Well, listen, like the regurgitated Terry's <laughs> chocolate orange is better than Downton yeah, Abbey. Yeah. Okay, let's. Okay, oh, so dear, oh, dear. if your kids stick yeah, it, yeah, if your kids yeah. stick it on, give it a give it a bash. Yeah. yeah. All right, you're Good. gonna be leaving the kids at home for this one. Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You were here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, aka Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. You're so excited! <clears throat> now, need for speed. tell me this and tell me no more. Yes. What is your problem with Top Gun? I don't have a problem with it. Don't have a problem with it. It's just not my kind of movie. It's not as excited as I, I am. I, I watched all. the movie. I saw it, obviously, at the time sure, when it was yeah. out. And I was of that right age where yeah. it was... I thought Kelly McGillis was... Oh, yeah, she was cracking, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just... It was a Petrol Heads movie. It didn't do anything for me. Didn't do anything for you? No, the soundtrack, that... Kenny Loggins song by Berlin though That's a great song! Oh, it's not a good song. That is a power ballad. How dare you? What about the Righteous Brothers? You got that in there too. Oh, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. I just also... Journey. I love Tom Cruise as an actor, right? I think he's a fine actor. Yeah. But I wasn't mad about him in the movie. It's too schmaltzy. Well, but that too... was his star-making role, no, though. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I was see him now. in the trailer for this one, he looks younger than he did in the last one, weirdly enough. Man, have anyway, you, have look, you seen... me. It's not aimed at me. It's yeah. aimed at you two. Have you seen the full thing yet, bro? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I saw it last week. <gasps> look at your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his job, Ado. Okay. okay. Let He's me tell you, right. his job. I'm going to see it regardless, but I need to I need. No, no, no. I can tell you right now, it is as good as the original. Yes! And not only that, right? Not only that, but... I've never seen a film do it so well that it actually kind of addresses, it addressed every concern I had going into it, right? For, to begin with, you know, Tom Cruise is 59 years of age. So even if we transport that to the film, chances are he's going to be in his mid to late 50s. Or dead. Or dead. So how is it that he's still flying? How is it that he's still... He's still flying. He's still flying and still doing everything, yeah. At 59. At 59 years of age, how is he still doing it? Well, it turns out now that he's actually a test pilot for the US Navy, right? Okay. And that's what he's been doing. It's kind of like, do you ever see The Right Stuff? Sam Shepard, the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Literally, the first 15 minutes is basically Tom Cruise doing the right stuff. He's a test pilot flying this experimental jet or whatever. So he never wanted to climb the ranks and become a colonel. That's the whole point, yeah. And the whole reason, because he's Maverick, because he doesn't play by the rules and he won't, you know, follow any So the first 15 minutes of the movie is shots of Tom Cruise flying through the air. Yeah, basically. That was his contract. But it's so well done, though. This is the thing. It is so well directed. It looks incredible. If you see it in IMAX, it looks amazing. This is not CGI. 
They no. actually flew the fucking things and rigged them out with six cameras and all this. Literally, they actually welded an IMAX camera into the cockpit of an F-18 um, to get like the massive... Like, they literally put you as close as they can. They literally strap cameras to the side of jets and fly them around the place. That is how uh, uh, immersive it is. Like, wow. it is that, that good. Um but even as well, like the structure of it, like I think is done really, really well because it's really tries to follow the idea of like, you know, Maverick is this lad who's basically had no one else in his life and he's just completely devoted himself to flying and being an aviator or whatever to the detriment of all his other relationships. He's a loner. Well, yeah, but like the idea being well, that... Like, Kelly McGinnis, did they not end up well, together? Yeah, the they didn't the end up together in the end and like, did you know... Not? He was still kind of haunted by, you know, Goose dying in the first one. Oh, and all this yeah, kind of poor stuff. old Goose. Yeah, and the whole the whole kind of catalyst that this is is that he's... He's upset because his goose was cooked. <laughs> do, your, do your little... <laughs> <laughs> well, is it... His, so Goose's son is now in, in the academy? Is it, yeah, son go- of Goose, what's his nickname? Rooster! Of course it is! <laughs> hey, it is really Rooster, a, yeah. Oh, not, hey. not Junior. Anyway, Rooster! Gabby Wick... So yeah, so um, basically, he wasn't real, by the way. Gobby with him. Anyways, go on. Uh, so, yeah. upset about Goose. Uh, Tom is still upset about Goose basically dying in the first one, and he actually has this very tenuous relationship with Rooster, his son. Um, he gets pulled back to the Top Gun Academy. You can see his all laughing. This sounds like the Chip and Dale movie. But Tom said to Rooster, "Where's Goose? He's brown bread." I. Like Sorry, no 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 but like, you're a fan of the movie oh, yeah. no no I'm I'm not tell, I'm really Who's not playing Rooster is it do we it's Miles Teller yeah oh. uh, Whiplash Drummond oh wow yeah. Well, yeah. now I mean but he's got blonde see. hair in this and a little Ronnie I don't mind that. I think he's a fabulous actor yeah. he's a little bit miscast in this ah okay no no I'll tell you why did like, not get enough no 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 not that he didn't get enough it's that like there's another actor with him a guy called Glenn Powell. And he was in this great film called Everybody Wants Some. It was like a Richard Linklater was like a oh, sequel yeah, to yeah, Days yeah. and Confused. Yeah. yeah, and he's really, really good. Now. He would have been better to play oh, Rooster, Christ. I think. Okay. But it's that's a minor complaint. Okay. Um, the action sequences are absolutely fantastic. It is that well done. This is like literally strapping you to the side of a jet and flying around. Who else from the originals back? Is Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer is in it, yeah. Oh, now he, now, amazing. I, I don't know if people know this or not, but Val Kilmer basically oh, has had a tracheotomy. That documentary. Yeah. He, did you see it? Unbelievable. Isn't it amazing? We should spend some time talking about that a, another day. Because we will, it is yeah, just yeah. So we'll mention that. Revealing well, and interesting I, and... Yeah. Uh, you learn so much about Val Kilmer certainly I did that I didn't know Yeah, and it's so incredible. to see him now he's in the movie you have yeah. more of an appreciation oh, for him knowing no, he's, what he's been through exactly and I would say he's in he's only in one scene in it yeah no he's like he's texting him a lot like, but yeah, he's in yeah, one yeah. scene with Tom Cruise and I am telling you it is it's the centre point of the film wow and it is done so well and it is so genuinely moving that. Okay, I'm glad, glad you mentioned that because yeah. I wanted to ask you without giving it in away. I've heard stories, and maybe they came from America, of you know people standing up, whooping and hollering and cheering as they do, but also people like in floods of tears. Yeah, can you can you relate to that? I mean, no, because I'm dead inside. But like, <laughs> I mean, but in terms of like, but in terms of like, I can see like it is look. Like, the first Top Gun was really, really emotionally wrought. It was the 80s. Everyone was on cocaine. You know, there was just big... Cold emo- War was still a thing. Cold War mm. was still a thing. Big emotions were all over the place. Mm. Like, Top Gun is a romance. Mm. It is a romance film. Just happens to have fighter jets. And Top Gun Maverick is the same. Well, speaking of the romance, is, is Kelly McGillis coming back into it? No, she doesn't, but Jennifer Connelly is in it. 
Yeah. Nobody puts baby in the car. And is she? Is she? No, that's Jennifer Grey. Is she kind of like a direct replacement for? Is it a similar role to the kind of? Yeah, I mean, she's the love interest basically. Like she's like the old of who of him of Tom Cruise. So he's sixty. He's still flying planes and he's still getting the girl. And he's still kind of like bringing girls. If you've got an F sixteen, you can do it. You know, you're going to. If you look, listen. If you look like Tom Cruise is sixty and you're (laughs) driving around on a Kawasaki, (laughs) uh, you know, you're driving around on a motorbike and you're looking that good in a crisp white shirt. So I haven't heard much negative. Yes, is there anything negative? Is there anything going to cost us a segment from the Orb of Orange? I would say the miscasting of Miles Teller is forcing me to take out two segments. Oh, wowzers. But okay. that leads us to an overall score rating of 18 out of 20. Oh, yes, Brian, get wow. in. You can do my wingman anytime. What about the soundtrack? Is I was taking the first one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lady Gaga's song is very, very good. Hold My Hand, it's called. Very, very good. 21 Pilots had a song in it and it's kind of meant to be a little bit sort of Kenny Loggins, pop rock kind of thing. It's okay, it's not great. And they got the, because they're called 21 Pilots. I'd imagine so, like, yeah. We're halfway in the door. Yeah, that's who's like pilots. And sure. like the last one, I was reading about this recently, I think more than 20,000 people signed up to join the the Air Force, the US oh, Navy yeah, 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 yeah. as a result. Like these movies are a recruitment, oh, they're a, mili- a military recruitment drive. Absolutely. Do you reckon that this is something similar? I would think so, yeah. Definitely. Like, I mean, it, it, it's... And, and who are the baddies in it? Because they were never really identified and in the last really one. they're never really identified in this one gotcha. either. Yeah, okay. that's the thing. Well, like, are there baddies? Does it sense oh, yeah. around a mission like the last one did? Exactly that, yeah. The whole <laughs> thing is, is they're training for this mission to blow up uh, a uranium deposit in a completely okay. unidentified And we don't country. see the baddies at all. And you never see the baddies, you never know which the country is. Like, Top Gun, like, for a film... So is the last scene him flying into it like he's flying to the Death Star and blowing it up? I mean, it's not exactly like that. Give me an hour and I'll write the script. Oh, no, look, listen, forget the script. his face. I'm just thinking that the penny's dropped. Is this going to be like Armageddon, Bruce Willis? I'll stay behind... I'll be the hero. I mean, I know. No, 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 it's so, not, be... no, it's it's not as obvious as that. Okay. I'm amazed there hasn't been a musical made out of it. I'm nearly certain there was. Top Gun the musical. I'm nearly certain there was. I'm nearly certain there Jesus, was. Jesus, I know if there was one, it's like I'd say it was a piss take one, like that point break musical. Oh yeah. Yeah. They made a musical out was of it. Was there not a reference to the Top Gun musical a piss take in the Val Kilmer documentary? Possibly. That's why it's ringing a bell for me. Possibly. Oh, I don't know, we could be gone completely off. I know there was a Point Break musical, I know mm. that. I really, I would think they would have made a Top Gun musical. There has to be. Uh, so true. 18 segments out of 20. Yeah, that's that's solid. That, that is, is a solid. No, honestly, I really, really enjoyed this. Because I think a lot of people, me included, you nearly want to start out by going, Adley, you know, it's shit and it's cheesy, but that's it's great. It. But it I seems was... better than what most people wanted to be or expected to be. That's the thing of it. I was fully prepared to go in and be like, look, this is probably going to be crap. This is beneath me. You this, know. Is going to, this is going to be crap. But you know what? I was a young lad. I remember seeing Top yeah. Gun on Network 2 when I was a kid. Feck it. I'll go in and have a good time with this. And if it's crap, it's crap. Came out of us like, that was absolutely brilliant. That was like, this is actually a very... And like, look, don't take my word for it. David Ehrlich in uh, uh, IndieWire gave it a gave it a brilliant score. Like it's getting really really good reviews. So just don't take my word for it. Like like serious journalists beyond this room are are rating this film. Listen, so the orb of chocolate orange has I spoken. spoken. Yeah, eighteen segments. Thank you, Bray. Thank you. You're trying hard not to show it, baby, but.
Lloyd, thank you very kindly. Uh, two great recommendations there. Add those to the list along with everything else that we've given you. The first one we want to mention is The Time Traveller's Wife. You've yes. seen the movie. Now we get a whole TV show. It's streaming on now from Sky Atlantic. Six-part series from the brilliant Stephen Moffat who made Sherlock and created Doctor Who as well. It's a love story about Henry. He's got this thing, a genetic disorder, mm-hmm. and he can time travel but unpredictably. So he's not in control of his own time travelling abilities his wife Claire is in it she's an artist and she has to deal with him disappearing all, off all the time so that's on Sky and we add that to Roadkill your recommendation yeah political drama on. like I said only one episode in but so far so good that's I'll, Netflix I, if, if by next week it's shit I'll come back and tell you good man and then John threw in a scary scary Mary recommendation of Yellow Jackets thank you John never liked you anyway and I gave you The Lady in oh, the Dale. you a really out there one. The Lady in the Dale. Get on that Sky documentaries from the people from uh, HBO Max. Nice. Uh, and also, look, there are recommendations. We want to know what you recommend, gang, uh, because... Uh, it's all well and good us recommending these shows to each other. We want to know, first of all, are you taking these on board? Are you watching them? Do you agree with us? Do you think they're great? Do you think they're shite? Please let us know. Get in touch with us in all the usual ways across the social media channels. Uh, Go Loud's app is the best place to get in touch with the show. If you do want to recommend something, just drop us a line there and we will mention it on uh, the shows coming up over the next couple of weeks. Aidan, what have you learned today? Um... Oh, I learned that we have to be thankful to many women, but mainly uh, one particular lady because she invented the window wipers and we'd be ghost without them. And what was her name? There you go. Mary Anderson. You learned Mary absolutely Anderson. nothing. Bye! Bye! <laughs>